God's a good God all the time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Today I'm ministering a message to you entitled, Putting First Things First, God's Law of Priority. Some friends may say, you know, what does it matter? We're under grace, right? I mean, does it really matter some things that, that happen and, and what order they happen? And, and can, can't we just do anything and kind of it'll all turn out in the wash? Can I just say to you, no. Can I just, can I just answer it straight, straight up to you? It doesn't work that way. There is an order to God. As a matter of fact, when you go to heaven... Uh, grace is not a license to be like the Wild West. Everybody has a revolver and everybody's a law in their own eyes, you see. And you just work out your own deal with God. And this town's not big enough for the two of us type thing. It, <laughs> heaven's not a... Sorry, Pastor Brenda. Heaven's not a Western show. There is law and there is order. And there, is, uh, there are spiritual laws that God has placed into motion. And if you try to fight those laws, you just simply hurt yourself. And God's trying to bless us as much as He can. But if we go against the law of God, what happens? We're actually limiting ourselves. Does that make sense to anyone? So let's look at the, this word priority. What in the world does that mean? Uh, a thing that is regarded as more important than another. The fact or condition of being regarded or treated as more important. Uh, prime concern. Uh, a more important consideration. The right to take precedence or to proceed before others. Maybe this will bring it home. How many of you ever heard of priority mail? Priority mail. See, uh, it's, it's, you, you may sit here and say, who cares? I mean, some of you know I used to be a mailman many moons ago. I used to deliver mail, work my fingers to the bone, deliver those letters to your home. Hallelujah. Fight the dogs and spray them down. <laughs> I hope to the Lord I make it home. Boy, I can tell stories about dogs chasing Pastor Tom. There's a reason why I had to overcome a phobia of dogs. But nevertheless, I've been chased down by the best of them. Uh, even when I was a paper boy, Pastor Nancy, one bit me. Somebody told you know what? The devil knows. <laughs> the devil's like a dog. He knows if you know who you are in Christ. There's this big old German shepherd. I'm delivering papers as a little kid in San Francisco. I'm driving down the streets near City College. And I'm walking down and somebody told me that you just have to act cool. Right? Just act cool. And the dog's going to come up to you. Just don't even let on. Act so cool. So that I was acting real cool. And there's this big dog. Oh, Lord, this is a big dog. Big German Shepherd. But I'm just, I think he's bigger than normal. See, uh, anyway, so I'm walking down the street. And I'm acting real cool, real cool. And that dog, he is coming right at me. I says, just be cool. Just be, I am so cool. You have never seen such cool in all your life, dog. And you know what that dog did? He kind of went around. He, he kind, of, kind of sniffed me a little bit. And he went, oh! And he, and he seized on my thigh. Oh, Lord, I lost my cool on that one. The worst thing has happened is when I got into the, little, into the truck, I waved down the guy that's, how's it going, Hernandez? I says, listen, I just got bit by a dog. He goes, you did? Are you bleeding? He says, I don't know. Well, well you know, uh, find out. You know, pull your pants. I says, I can't. Right here is no. Get in the back of the truck. So I pulled it like, oh, my gosh, blood coming down. Sorry. For those of you with squeamish stomach, blood coming down. It says, says, we better get you to your mom, right? He says, yeah, let's get get me to my mom. So I'm I'm bucking. He says, okay, take me to my mom. He goes, oh, no, no, finish the route first. (laughs) I'm telling you, that was many years ago. I wish I knew that guy's address so I could give him a thought here too. But anyway, the thought, how we get off on all that. 
in the, yeah, take authority, act cool. Well, thank God when you're walking in the armor of God, you're not just acting cool. You are cool. Hallelujah. You've got the power of God. You've got authority over the devil. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, he, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Let's go there and let's leave that alone. So look at this. Priority, things that are of prime concern, most important consideration or primary issue. So the kingdom in the kingdom of God, there are, friends, delineations of importance or priority. There are three areas I'm going to do my best to cover this morning. If I can't get to all three, sometime we'll get to the third or the second one. All right, we'll see where we are. How many of you ready to flow with the Holy Spirit today? So anyway, one is the priority of devotion, which is your attention, affection, and motivation. This is absolutely key. The second one is priority in practice, what you seek and what you do with your life, how you manage your life. And the third one is the priority in provision, and that would be uh, relating to supernatural supply. I'm sure people will like that one. But anyway, uh, we're, we're going to look at... Scripture, a couple of scriptures today, and, and we're going to start our little journey in the uh, in the uh, area of devotion. Now, now, when I speak to you of devotion, that doesn't. Some people I say, you know, did you do your devotions today? Like that means like, did you just pull out your little guidepost and read the little article about guideposts about somebody that was really nice to a dog? Well, actually, well, <laughs> I, <clears throat> actually, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I mean by devotion. When we're talking about devotion, we're talking about love, loyalty or enthusiasm for a person or an activity or a cause, a, a love or loyalty or enthusiasm. Can you catch that? Like I suddenly I, I suddenly began to ooze devotion for my wife when. And I realized that she's been gone for six weeks and, you know, taking care of her daddy. And I don't mind that. But but, you know, the first week, OK, second week, all right. Third week. Well, the fourth week, like <clears throat> fifth week, like, oh, I can't stand this. And by the by the fourth, by the fourth and fifth week, everybody in the office will tell you I was moping. I was moping, wasn't I? I was. I, I qualified as moping. I'm trying to have the joy of the Lord, trying to keep that stiff upper lip, but it ain't stiffing for me because I'm really feeling. I'm really feeling lonely. I'm missing my wife. That sense of devotion, that connectedness with her, was. I, I'm having a hard time with that, and so I. I decided I'd come up with a plan. I'm driving up every weekend. Hallelujah. Now, obviously not this weekend. What I mean is I drive up at a certain period of time and I come back for church. Hallelujah. Somebody say thank the Lord. But loyalty, faithfulness, fidelity, constancy, con commitment, adherence, allegiance, dedication. Is this important in the kingdom of God? I will say this is of paramount importance. Let's look at Matthew 22, our first scripture for the day. Matthew 22, 36 through 40, I mean in the message. And I'm reading from the New King James message. So in verse 36 it says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, right there, you can discern several things. First of all, if there's going to be a greater commandment or a greatest commandment, that means there's a hierarchy of what's important. Somebody say, what's important? What's important? That sounds like priority to me. And then Jesus answered and said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Alright. That is to signify to me. That Jesus is. Of, of all the things he could have said. This is the, the straight up answer. From Jesus himself. And he said you're going to love God. This seems so simple. But please don't let this be too simple for you. There's revelation in here. 
Look what it says in... And then he went on to say, and the second is like it. I might as well slip that on in there. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Listen to this. On these two commandments. Notice he didn't say on these two suggestions. On these two commandments, what does it say? Hang all the law and the prophets. That's very significant. Would you say, come on somebody, help me out. Would you say that's pretty significant? This, the, the, that, that on these two laws hang all the prophets. That's saying a lot. And so then let's look at it in verse 37 through 40 in the Amplified Bible. It says, and he replied to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, your intellect. And, it goes, and then he goes on to say, this is the great, most important principle and first commandment. Let's skip down to the Message Bible in the verse 37. Love the Lord your God with all your, somebody say, passion and prayer and intelligence. This is the most and first on what? On any list. Wow, that's, I, I like the way that came off in the... In the Message Bible. And so, you may look at me and you say, wow, okay, uh, that seems like Jesus is putting an extraordinary amount of stress on that particular principle. Isn't it obvious that we all love Jesus and that we all love God? Like, aren't we here at church today when the football game's on? Like, well, the thought here, I don't know if the football game's on or not, but the thought, friends, is, is that just because we, you and I come to church doesn't mean that you're stirring up your love in God any more that I, than I'm stirring up the love for my wife just because I'm sleeping like a log next to her every night. Come on, friends. Just because you show up and you're around your kids all the time doesn't mean that you're stirring up love for your kids. I don't know if you're eating this or not. Did you, your proximity is, is certainly helpful, but just because you're with somebody does not mean that you are stirring up passion for that individual. Let me give you a case in point. you got little kids, and they seem to be omnipresent. Everywhere you go, your kids have to be with you, because you're not going to leave them alone. you got little kids, right? So everywhere you go, there they are. Everywhere you go, there they are. There's your kids. They're screaming in the shop, grocery store. They're screaming out you're paying your bill. They're screaming everywhere you go. There's the kids because they're tagging. Somebody say tagging along. But there's a vast difference between tagging along and sitting that child down and saying, uh, Daddy, you and Daddy are going to have a date today and we're going to go to Toys R Us. We're going to have breakfast together and we're going to spend time. And you get down in their face. You have a little face time with your kid. Hello, somebody. And you make a connection or your grandkids, you make a connection and you you stop the world. I want to get off right now. I'm going to put my face in your face. We're going to have some face time right now. Tell me what's happening in your life. What can what can daddy or what can grandpa do for you? How are you feeling today? That can you see the vast difference? What's the difference? The difference is a decision of your heart, the position that you've taken with your kid or with your spouse or with your friend, whether they're just a tag along or whether you're really going to invest and stir up some passion, some compassion and some love for your family member or friend. Does that make sense to everybody? So, yeah, just because you I'm glad we all come to church. Hallelujah. But the, the point here is that we are challenged in our in in, in being it, 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 Jesus would not have said this unless it seems that we needed help to be reminded about it. I mean, you think the most obvious thing is that right? So let's look about let's talk about love. 
we, how can I love God? Well, I'm glad you asked. First of all, we can love him or like 1 John 4.19 says, we love him because he first loved us. See, you, you cannot love God. Any more than you have, it's like we need an infusion of pure love of God to receive it so that we can actually come alive and even love anything, to love love God back and love our friends. Now you may say, Pastor Tom, this is far too simple. Really? Uh, So last that I checked, we're a society that starved for love. Yet we're so dysfunctional, we're hurt, we're damaged. We find it nearly impossible to give or receive love in a natural way. It's it's hard for some people to say to their their wife or to their mom or their dad, I love you. Come on, friends. I grew up, it was hard in my house for me to hear my parents say, I love you. Come on, am I the only one? Or did your house, does everybody, it's just, it's okay, you all say, I'm really happy for everybody. Everybody's really looking at me like, what planet did you get off of? Planet dysfunction. Okay, anyway, moving right along. Our hearts have been betrayed. Listen to me, single people. Our hearts have been betrayed, lied to, trampled. So, it, and, and, and sometimes we've been misunderstood and hurt by even the, the wellest meaning of people. And so what happens? We, we close our hearts off. And we're incapable, many of us, of creating healthy bonds with other people. You know what I'm saying? We're so full of, of guarding our hearts because we don't want to be hurt. Say it again. We don't want to be hurt. We don't want to be betrayed. We don't want to be let down. I'm here to tell you that, first of all, it's a worthy cause and a worthy project in your life to release your faith, to get the capacity, to get the understanding of the love of God in your life. How wide is it? How deep is it? How far will the love of God really go for me? Or am I going to go this far and that's it and God's going to dump me? Like, like somebody dumped a bad boyfriend or something. Hello, somebody. So look at, that's why Paul in Ephesians 3 says, May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with the mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself and dwelling your innermost being and personality. That's Ephesians 3, 16. Now we're moving to 17 in the Amplified. May Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his... A permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely, securely in love. We need love. We thrive on love. We are love creations that you may have the power and be strong to ap- to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, and experience the love of God. Here you see the Apostle Paul praying for people and standing in the gap for them, for them to be able to be strong enough to grasp them. Can I dare say be brave enough to trust the love of God in their life? Are you brave enough to trust them in the midnight hour? Are you brave enough to trust them when the world around you is going kind of crazy and where you can't see all around you? Are you... Can you trust the love of God? Can you believe the love of God? First of all, in 1 John 4, 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. Are you still on the wagon where you think God's out to get you? Or do you realize and understand that he's wild about you? That he loves you? Hallelujah. And unlike Pastor George says, you are God's favorite. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You definitely are. You're the apple of his eye. 
Are you, have you read Romans 8, 38 and 39 lately, friends? You that have the hardest time connecting with other people, have the hardest time saying I love you to anybody. Have you read this? For I am persuaded beyond doubt and am sure that neither death nor life nor angels or principalities nor things impending, threatening or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us or me from the love. Of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Have you read that? Have you read Second Chronicles sixteen nine lately, where it says, "For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong in the behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to Him." Have you read that lately, friends? Hallelujah! It's mighty quiet in this first church. Believe the love of God; it's a priority. Because as you grow in the love of God, it gives you the capacity then to live in the arena that you were intended to live in. You know, there's, there, it, it is so precious for me to be able to go in to my father-in-law's bedroom and just to greet him and wrap my arm around him and say, I love you, Dad. I love you. And, and just sometimes you don't even have to say anything. Can I get something for you? But sometimes it's just love. You know how precious it is to be loved? Like that song, I don't know very many songs, but I'm going to try one, Pastor, just for you. How sweet it is to be loved by you. <laughs> I'm trying, Pastor! <laughs> How sweet it is to be loved. You know, uh, you don't really know, well, many of you do know. You, you know what I'm talking about. And God wants to heal that part of your life. But I know what it's like to come home to an empty, an empty home now. <laughs> it feels really strange. <laughs> it feels strange to come home to an empty home at, in this season. But hallelujah, God is good. Let's, let's, I'm going to talk to you about priority right quick. This is a, the first thing was, was, was devotion. Let, let, me, let me tell you something about priority and practice. Priority and practice. This was our second. Uh, not doing too bad on time. I did a very interesting uh, study, a very, an interesting search. I wonder if this is going to help me out some. And uh, in this search, you know how there's Google Earth and you could just about go down and see, uh, you can see so many things. You can see people's backyard, their front yard, you could get the street view. How many of you have ever seen that before? It's almost like eerie how, how much Google gets in your business. But, uh, but there's, there's another uh, Google uh, kind of a service. And if I can just get this open, oh, see entire message. That's what it is. Okay, see, let's see if I can get this on the word priority. Uh, what what they did is dating back to the 1800s. Ingrid, I'm gonna give this to you. See if you can open this for me. Okay, I want the the one that says American priority. Get that up for me. Just open that. I opened earlier before. I don't know what happened. It's not opening for me. But anyway, here it is. They scanned all the books that they could find dating back to 1800 in as many nations as they could. They had, of course, America, Britain, Spain, Italy, Germany, uh, China, all these different worlds. And they have scanned all these books, the, all library after library after library of scanning every Every word, every topic, and they have run a uh, they've run a um, uh, a kind of a grid on it, or I, I should say charts on it, so that you could look up what was what was being looked up, or what was being read, or what was being written. What was the thought back in that day? 
For instance, in the, in, in the, in the year 18, some 1822, uh, somewhere in there, uh, the photograph was first invented. There was a spike of, of, of activity that happened there. You got it? Ah, oh, you're awesome. Okay, you're awesome. So which one is this? This is, this is the American. Okay. So this is, this is very interesting. I don't know if you can see this, but... Uh, oh, I, you can see it a little bit. I want you to see if you could see this at all. I know it's kind of cheesy. I, I tried to make it other ways, but it wasn't working. This is this is the 80. Stop. Okay, this was the 1800s de- dealing with the word priority. Okay, it it was not really used very much back in the 1800s. You know, they didn't have that in use very much. And then you see, as you get up, up here uh, into, the ni- into the 1920, it's still pretty level, but when you get into 1940, 1950, it took an absolute peak in like 1970. The word or the concept of priority seemed like everybody and his uncle was writing a book on it, on what priorities are for business, for family, be it Christian or secular. Did you, can you all see that chart? It kind of it goes like this through the 1800s. Then it goes whoop! Way up there in 19, in the 1970s. But the most interesting thing, what's going on here? The most interesting thing is in the year 2000, thereabouts, it takes this massive drop and it goes, it goes down to, and I can't, it was like 1960s level. The whole concept of priority takes a serious drop. And I just, I just thought that I'd, I'd bring that out to you. Uh, I have, uh, interesting, I, I had all kind of charts from other countries, but never mind all that. The important thing is this. Priority, there was a time where it was on the scope of people's consciousness. Like, we need to prioritize. You, you get a priorities, whether it was business or whether it was church or family or something. Uh, everybody was thinking about something's got to be more important than something else. And then all of a sudden... Uh, we hit the year uh, 2000 and it just fell off. People have lost it. Almost, I won't say that it fell off the map, but there's a, such a decline and people are losing their sense of what's important. Are you hearing me? There's a reason why God's putting his finger on this this morning. What is important? And so, so let me read you a scripture. Of course, whenever we speak of priority, you've always got to look at a scripture that, as far as I'm concerned, is an earmark for priority. And that would be Matthew 6. Would you read there with me, please? Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. It says this. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor nor yet for your body, what you shall put on is not life more than meat and the body than raiment. Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the who seek? The Gentile. Who seeks after these things? The Gentiles. For your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things. But what does it say? Verse 33, that keynote scripture. But seek ye what? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Now, here's a thought. I just showed you the graph for priority, and it it took a, a, a huge leap upwards up to 2000 and started falling off. On the other hand, 
the word seek and searching uh, was pretty level throughout. It didn't really, I mean, it moved just a little bit, but it remained consistent, which told me, for the sake of time, that people are still seeking, but they've lost their sense of what they're seeking for. They've lost their sense for what, the, what in the world is really important. That's what I'm trying to get to. And you can see this in country after country after country. How that the, the chart goes that they're all seeking. They are still seeking. But in terms of priority, they don't know, like, what, what are they seeking for? So is what you're seeking for important? Absolutely. There's an order to God. And he says here, seek after the kingdom of God. And to get to the point, praise God, because I don't want to lose it, I'm going to skip over to read just some highlights from scriptures here regarding seeking first the kingdom of God. And I'll, I'll move very quickly. Don't, you know, don't think that you have to put the scriptures up or anything up in the booth because there's kind of fast. But in the Amplified Bible, it says, don't worry and don't be anxious. It says, these are the things that the heathen wish for. They crave and they diligently seek after these things. It says, but seek Aim at and strive, first of all, the kingdom of God. Strive for righteousness. Strive for peace in your life. Strive for joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what you should be searching for in a passionate way. If you spend 80% of your time reading the Morning Star Report... And to see whether the Fed is going to change the rate up or down and how China is doing. Come on, friends. We've got to get our focus, like the prophecy in Brother Copeland said. Get your focus off the news. Get your focus off the chart. Get your focus off MSN money. Get your focus on the kingdom of God. Aim at this. Strive after this. First of all. And it says, in, I like it in the Message Bible, what I'm trying to say here is, is to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting what you can uh, so you can respond to God's giving. Did you catch that? I'm trying to get you to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. See, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and he has no sorrow with it. You want to waste a lot of time? Go ahead, read all the charts and neglect God. But you want everything to be all right? Then spend your time seeking the kingdom of God. Obeying the promptings of the Spirit. I guarantee you, you will be at the right place at the right time. Everything will work out for you just fine. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Hallelujah. I like this part of it. It says, it says this, people don't know, people who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. So steep your life in God. I just, I've been making a lot of tea lately, you know, and I, I uh, part of my little care package for my honey is I, I took up tea, some, 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 some designer teas to her so we could have some designer teas together. <laughs> And she has her little timer of how to steep it. But that steep your life. Just imagine yourself throwing yourself into the vat of Godness. Hallelujah. And just steep in it. Ooh. Just steep. Steep in the God life, everybody. Hallelujah. Make pretend you were a tea bag. Or make pretend you were a cup. Hallelujah. And God says, steeping his life on you. Hallelujah. 
Look at it. It says, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, and God provision. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing now and don't get worked out about what may or may not happen tomorrow. And believe me, there's a lot going on, which to that I'm going to say this. Um, wow. I'm going to say, yeah, okay, I'll I'll get to that. There's a lot going on, but we cannot afford to lose our focus. Keep your focus, Christian. Keep your focus, uh, Heart of the Bay Christian Center. Hallelujah. I like what it says in Hebrews 3, 13, 5, and 6. I'll never let you down, never walk off and leave you. We can boldly quote, God is there ready to help. I'm fearless no matter what. Hallelujah. And in Hebrews eleven six in the New King James Version, it says, But without faith, impossible to please him. For him, he who comes to God must believe that he, God, is, and that he is a what? Rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Are we going to seek him, church? Hallelujah. See, now, friends, now more than ever, I mean, first thing, I don't know what your first thing is. I don't know if your first thing, your best thing, your first thing is early in the morning. Some people are not morning people. I get that. That's okay. But make sure you give God your best. Give him your, give him your primary focus, your primary attention. If we can get to provision, we'll talk about other things. But right now, this is what I really wanted to get to. The enemy's plan is to get us preoccupied with survival. While God's plan for us is to be preoccupied with revival. Now catch that. It's almost like you can't do both things. The enemy's plan is to get us preoccupied with survival. In other words, what are we going to do? How am I going to pay this? How am I going to pay that? How are we going to transact this and that? Whereas God's plan for us is to be preoccupied with revival or the things regarding the kingdom of God. And all the other things, they just fall right into place. I want to point this out to you in a very dramatic story. Everyone, please turn with me quickly to Mark 4, verse 35 through 41. And I'm reading from the King James Version. This is Mark 4, 35 through 41. And the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And it was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep, uh, excuse me, he, being Jesus, was asleep in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on the pillow. You know the story, but stay with me. Are you still with me? I feel like that guy in the back of the ambulance. Stay with me, stay with me. Okay. And they awake him, and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? See, they're in survival mentality right now. They're thinking they're gonna, that they're going down. And, and then it says, and he arose, rebuked the wind, of course. He's, Peace be still, cease the wind. The wind ceased. There was a great calm. Verse 4, he says, and he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I love what it says in other, in other translations. In the New Amplified, oh yeah, this is really interesting. Everything seems to be new and improved these days. Now there's Amplified Classic. 
And then there's another, did you know there's a new Amplified Bible? It's like, oh, brother. So, like, really, like Coca-Cola Classic and Coca-Cola this and that. Well, this is the new Amplified, which I will quote for the very first time in my career. The new Amplified Bible. I like what it says in verse 40. Jesus said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith and confidence in me? Did you catch that? Do you still have no confidence? Like, are you, seriously, he's saying to them? Uh, oh, yeah, there was more, more there. He says, Af, uh, after all that, you've see, uh, all that you've seen, there was another scripture that says, after all that we've been through, seriously, you still don't have confidence in me? You still are scared? Like, really? And here it is. Again, the enemy's plan is to have you preoccupied with surviving. Are we going to make it? Trying to preserve your life. Trying to save your precious life. And I know what that's like. You know, I, you, we know what it's like to just trying to do the right thing to take care of yourself. I'm not saying don't take care of yourself. But I'm saying it shouldn't be of paramount importance. The paramount importance is if you lose your life in Him, you are going to find it. There are so many people seeking their own thing. Doing their own thing. Seeking their own thing. And not really understanding that if you just seek God first, friends. Somebody say, seek God first. He is going to take care of you. He's going to take care of your finances. Take care of your health. Take care of your marriage. Take care of your kids. Somebody said, hallelujah. Take care of your mom and dad. It's all going to work out. Hallelujah. Somebody said, hallelujah. Let's look at something else. Let's look at... Let's look at uh, an interesting scripture where Paul is Acts 27 and verse 22 to 25. And this is good. We're at a good we're at a good place. I see we're going to get to two of these things, which is fine with me. Okay, so so notice this in Acts 27, verse 22 through 25. It's a little key in to help us not to be survival minded, but to take a different paradigm. Take the kingdom of heaven. Don't be concerned with trying to protect yourself so much and be more concerned with giving your life to God and loving people and fulfilling the plan of God in your life. Can we read this together in, uh, in uh, Acts chapter 27? Are you ready? Here we go. I'm reading from the King James Version. Acts 27 verse 22. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am, this is important, whose I am, somebody say whose I am, you've got to know who you belong to, whose I am and whom I serve, that's important too. Christian, it's not good enough that you're just purchased by blood and that you belong to him, that you don't belong to yourself, but you belong to him, say I belong to God, I belong to Jesus, I've been purchased by blood. It's not only that you are purchased and owned by him, but also that you know him and that you are serving him. You see, that scripture says we know that all things work together for good. You know, to those who love God. Some people truncate. There's more to it. Some people truncate and say all things work out together for good. No, it doesn't. That is not what the scripture says. It does not say that everything's going to be I. Everything's going to work out okay. That's not what the scripture says. You know what the scripture says? It says all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And can I just clarify a little bit? You're walking in that purpose. 
Are you listening to me? Some people say they'll take half the verse, they'll do whatever they want, live whatever way you want to live, neglecting God, neglecting your life. You think everything's going to be okay and you're neglecting your marriage. You think everything's going to be okay and you're neglecting your kids. You think everything's going to be okay and you're neglecting your spiritual life. You're neglecting your calling in God. It doesn't work that way. It says all things work out for good to those who love Didn't we say, what's the first thing that we talked about today? Love, love God. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your intellect, your energies. The first and the best of everything. And that are called according to his purpose. Purpose. See, friends, the re- you know why you're not going down today? Let me tell you why you're not going down today. Because God has a purpose for you. Amen. And because you're serving Him with your heart. And because you're loving Him. And because you're putting Him first, you are not going down. Let me read a scripture that greatly illustri- uh, illustrates this. It says here... In Acts 27, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of a man's life among you but the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. That's where we left off. Uh, saying, fear not Paul. You can put your name in there. I don't care what the storm is that's coming against your life. I don't care if it's a real estate crisis, a business crisis, a health crisis, a family crisis. It says, fear not. Fear not. Amen. Put your name in there. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all those that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Hallelujah. You see, think about this. Have you ever been in a real dangerous situation where you, you, you didn't know whether you were going to make it or not? It could have been, an, uh, well, I'll let you fill in the blank. But this was very dangerous. This, can, I, can I just say the word scary in church? Is that okay? Can I say scary in church? This was scary. It really looked like they were going to lose everything. Everybody thought they were going to die. Everybody thought, this is, I guess this is it. This must be it. We're not, I mean, I mean weeks went by and they can't see the sun, the star, days and days going by. They didn't know if they were going to make it or not. But Paul had something on the inside. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and reminded him of his purpose. The same way that the Holy Spirit is reminding you of your purpose. And because of that purpose, he says, fear not, because there are some people you need to reach heart of the bay. There are some neighbors you need to reach heart of the bay. There are some places you need to go and share the love of God. You are an anointed one. You are a sent one. You are the salt. You are the light of the earth heart of the bay. And because you're fulfilling this, I have a plan that you must perform. As a result, fear not, for you shall stand in the place that I've called you to stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, fear not. There is a calling to fulfill. And he's not going to let us down. I love that scripture says, I will not in any way leave you or forsake you. You know what? I think one of the worst, and I'm closing right now. I think one of the worst or the most difficult uh, experiences in the human experience is heartbreak from being deserted or being dumped or being betrayed. But thank God... He's never going to let you go. He's never going to dump you. He's not going to, oh, I forgot all about you. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. He doesn't forget about you. 
Many are the thoughts he has towards you. And he's got the plans all figured out. And he's got your number. He's got your address. He knows your hopes and your dreams. And by the way, many of those he's been putting in your heart to stir the pot so that you fulfill the calling on your life. Somebody say, I am not going down. I am not going down. Because I'm fulfilling the plan of God for my life. For my life. Say it loud and clear again. I'm fulfilling. I am fulfilling. I prophesy to you. You are not going down. Regardless of what's happening in your body. You are not going down. Regardless of what's happening in your career. You are not going down. You're going up. The hand of the Lord is upon you for good. And you cannot curse whom God has blessed. Now the important thing. Can I just share one more scripture before we close today? This is very important. You need to cooperate with God in your life. If you want to see good days, you need to do something. I like what it says in Peter. Uh, where is that? In uh, 2 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 through 12. For let him who wants to enjoy life and see good days. Now listen to this. Good whether apparent or not. Keep your Tongue free from evil and his lips from guile or treachery or deceit. Let him turn away from wickedness and shun it. Let him do right. Let him search for peace, harmony, undisturbedness from fears, agitating passions and moral conflicts. Seek it eagerly. Don't merely just desire peaceful relations with God, with your fellow man, with yourself, but pursue them and go after them. Friends, I am persuaded. That one's in there for free. There's another priority in the kingdom of God. You're called to be a peacemaker. But this is so, so very important. Hallelujah. Understand that you need, we need to cooperate with the plan of God. And I like what it says in there in the Amplified, whether apparent or not. Whether apparent or not. I know what it's like to try to come up against the system. And do I have to relate to that again? Can I share that? Uh, basically, having to, having to sell property when nobody's buying <laughs> and you're losing $10,000, $20,000 a week. on pro- I know what that feels like. Somebody asked me, how does it feel like, Pastor Tom? Not too good, Don. You never saw somebody pray so hard in all their life. Ooh, Jesus. But I'm telling you, whether or not it looked right, I kept saying to myself, you're going to find this theme at Heart of the Bay, I'm certain, throughout your tenure here. And that is, the law of faith continues to be activated. You continue to cooperate with God. I'm over there, I'm over there working on that place, and I'm calling it sold every time I drive by it. I call this place sold in Jesus' name. And then, how was the open house? Not one person, not even one person came by. I call this place, what am I going to say? I call it sold. How many people came? Well, there was one realtor kind of threw his card and whatever, not too interested. So the next week, how many people? I don't know, but you need to lower the price another 20000 Ah! You know, it just doesn't feel that, that good. But you see, whether apparent or not, friend, never let go of your profession of faith. Never. If you want to see good days, hallelujah, keep your profession of faith. Keep rejoicing in the Lord. Keep speaking God's best. 
Hallelujah. Right in the face of the opposite. Because whether we're a parent or not, you want to see some good days? Keep talking right. Cooperate with God. Hallelujah. In recapping, it is important what you seek. It is important what you spend your energies doing. It is important that you are devoted to God. That you stir up a passion for the Lord. To put in first place. Uh, you can ask, how can I love God more? Well, how about this? If you love me, keep my commandments. Why don't you open a dialogue with Jesus and say, Jesus, what would you have me to do today? And you know what I love about Jesus? It says in one scripture, his commandments are not grievous. He's not going to ask you to do something way out there that's way out beyond you. Trust me, you'll be a happy camper when you follow what he says to do. Amen. And life will be well with you. Somebody say it shall be well. It shall be well. You've got to get that sense on the inside that it shall be well. I know it looks lousy out there, Pastor Tom. It looks lousy, Pastor Tom. Yeah, but the path of the righteous is growing brighter and brighter. Well, if the path of the righteous is going brighter and brighter, that means that the path of the world is getting darker and darker. It's kind of like the land of Goshen. Where there's light in the camp of the Israelites, but it's dark everybody else, everywhere else. Thank God for light in our homes. Thank God for light in your spirit. Thank God for hope. Thank God for love in your life. Hallelujah. He's never going to let you go. And you will finish your course and fulfill the plan of God. Stand with me and let's shout victory this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Father, as we do our best.